Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Clayton. Oh, thank you, everybody. Awesome. You remember what life was like before all this? I was thinking about that for the last couple of weeks as I've been trying to consider, you know, what do we, what do we talk about when we come back together? And my mind went back to, what was everything like before this? And boy, I'd like to say, you know, we were just all getting along so well. But the truth is, we were trying to impeach a president. Europe was consistently fighting about Brexit. Italy and France were already in turmoil. North Korea was shooting missiles. We were trying to talk to Kim Jong-un. and We had a trade war going with China. Africa was in the midst of racial tensions between farmers that had owned property way back into days of apartheid and as that was transferring to more indigenous people on the continent. We weren't getting along so well. In the church... A church split was consuming all of our attention. We were gearing up for a general conference in which we were sure that by this time we would already be making decisions about which way we were going to go. Well, the pandemic came. All those conversations ended. We come out of it now and we find ourselves in the midst of race riots. And again, I wake up some mornings and like Groundhog Day, I check my alarm clock to make sure I didn't go back to 1974. And those of you who were alive back then know exactly what I'm talking about. We impeached a president back then too. So my heart was drawn to this idea. It comes from Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn to that third chapter in the book of Ecclesiastes, and you can hear these words from Solomon, arguably one of the, the uh, wisest men we say that ever lived, but that's the Judeo-Christian belief. That's our idea, right? Solomon is the Judeo-Christian. If you're Buddhist then Buddha is, is that wise person. If you're Eastern or Asian, then Confucius is that wise person. Depending on what your culture was, you have that person that you lift up, that, that you say, here speaks for our culture, what we consider to be wisdom. Well, in our Judeo-Christian beliefs, arguably Solomon is probably one of the wisest people that ever lived, and we've talked about that. But here's what he says in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, 
And then he enumerates those. A time to be born and a time to die. We've all experienced that. None of us the death yet, but we've experienced the death of our loved ones, right? We know that reality. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. We understand that. We are Midwestern people. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And when I got to this one, this is the one that caught my attention in the last couple of weeks. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And right now it's the time to refrain from embracing. And then he goes on. But I want to stop there at number five. And I'm going to jump and include in what I'm going to say, verse nine, which is going to say what profit has the worker from that in which he labors. And I'm going to ask a question, because here's my observation. My observation was, we went into this thing pretty easy, didn't we? And, and by that, here's what I mean. It didn't take a whole lot of encouragement to get you to stay home. It didn't. As a nation, it did not take a whole lot of encouragement to get people to quarantine themselves. It was easier to get you to stay home than it is to put on a mask. Truth. It was easier to get you to essentially lock yourself in your homes than you get much more upset going into Home Depot or, or uh, Menards and having to put on their mask or in my case, spend 99 cents because you never keep your mask with you and you're frustrated because you know they cost five cents. We were ready. My observation, I might be totally wrong, but I don't think I am. We were ready for a break. We were ready to take a breath. Society was going nuts. And when we had presented before us an option of, why don't you just stay home for a while? It seems to me not just America, but it seems to me the world. Took a breath and said, okay. Now, it didn't take a couple weeks for people to say, well, forget about this. But then I've experienced that on vacation. I love Disney World. But about the fifth day walking with Julie and John Gunn around Disney World, I'm looking at Joy saying, when do we get to go home? Those people can walk. And she never gets tired of Mickey Mouse. That was a fun vacation we took, I'll tell you that. we got to go back. I think we were ready to take a break. Solomon says there is a time to cast away stones. Now, what in the world 
is he referring to? Well, if, if, you, if you go back and you look at the Hebrew and you, you understand something about the way they construct their sentences, he's talking about building. He's talking about what we would do with wood. He's talking about the, the idea of building a house for yourself or renovating a house that you already live in. And when you do that in that culture... What you did is you literally took it down to the foundations and the foundation of your homes were all built with stones. You gathered stones because you didn't put mud on mud. And that's what they built their homes out of. They would take stones, they would put them together and then they would put mud over those stones. And so when Solomon is saying there is a time to cast away stones, what he's really saying is there's a time when you need to redo this place that you're living in where in our day and age we take saws and hammers to it. In that day and age they took the stones, cleaned them off and, and they moved them. They cast them away and then they set about the task, he says, and there is a time then to regather those stones. In other words, you still need your house. But maybe your family grew and maybe you need to change it. Maybe you need to add another level to it because they had many level homes. Well, if you do that, the foundation you built to sustain a one level home doesn't sustain a three or four level home. And so you have to cast the stones away and then there is the time that you bring them and you put them back. There was a time several weeks ago that I think we were ready to cast the stones away. I think we were ready to say, you know, this house that we've built isn't working right now. And I think there was a collective idea that says, can, can we hit restart? Can we have a do-over, as we used to say when I was in grade school? Because, folks, this wasn't working. Now, I don't think God sent the pandemic to, to give us that opportunity for a reset, but I think he did see what we were doing, and I think he gave us some good advice. Let me take you back to a story in the book of Genesis. The people had gotten totally out of control. We call this fiasco the Tower of Babel. Technology was better than it had ever been in the world. Technology was so good, as a matter of fact, that they could build a ziggurat as high as they wanted to. They had the technology. They knew how to build foundations. They knew how to build a tower to the sky. They could build a skyscraper if they wanted to. They knew that they just had to make the base big enough to support every level that went up on top of it. And they began to build and they began to build. But you know, when you begin to build, there is that pesky problem. What are we going to do with it? You see, it's one thing to have the technology to create the internet 
But ultimately, you have to ask yourself the question, but what are we going to do with it? It's, it's one thing to have the, the ability to create app, a, applications like Facebook and Twitter, but ultimately, you have to ask yourself a question. What am I going to do with it? And so they're building this tower, it says, to the sky. And the question has to be asked, what are we going to do with this thing? Well, they answer the question for themselves. You know what? We could put on the top of this altars to gods. And it says one day God came and was looking at what his people. Now, who are these people? These are the people that got off of the ark. These are the descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They've come together. They all speak one language. They are learning. Their technology is growing. Society is going full force. And God comes down, the Bible says. I wonder what my people are doing with this gift of new life that I've given them after the flood. And he sees that they are building this amazing structure. And he sees that the purpose of that structure is to worship all of the other gods in their lives. And he says, that's not going to work. And so he scatters the stones. Read that story of the Tower of Babel sometime because it almost mirrors Solomon's words here. Because it says, and the people gathered together, and then God scattered. And Solomon's going to say there is a time to gather and there is a time to scatter. And God said in that moment of history, this is the time to scatter the stones. Why? Not because the tower is a bad thing, but because the purpose that they were using this ingenuity for, the, that life was being used for, it didn't match what was okay with God and what was good for them. And so he scattered it. And we know that in the scattering, what he did is he confused their languages. Now I want to take you to the bookmark of that story because the bookmark of that story happened just a couple weeks ago. Because there was a day that God scattered the people by confusing their languages. And do you know what happened two weeks ago? They were gathered in this same proximity of the world. And nobody could understand anybody's language. But the Holy Spirit came down with tongues of fire. And what does the Bible say that God did? That the words that the disciples spoke on the day of Pentecost could be understood by everybody. So there was a time to scatter and there is a time to gather. And God said it was time to get all of this back together. And, and folks, you know what has happened in the last 2,000 years. But can I tell you that we've reached another point in our culture where we need to take seriously this question. What are we going to do as we rebuild and as we come back together? Brothers and sisters, God has given us technology that is amazing in this church. 
But technology is not the issue. The issue is what are we going to do with it? God has given us technology in our nation that is absolutely amazing. The ability to communicate, the ability of our leaders to lead, the ability for us to make decisions, to communicate with each other. The question isn't whether we have almost unlimited possibilities out here. The question is, what are we going to do with these things? Are you going to use Facebook to argue and destroy Are you going to use Facebook to divide us? Are you going to use Twitter to snipe at each other? Are we going to use the vast resources of money and wealth to to build up parties that are political and parties within church denominations so that we can battle each other for more power? Or are we going to use those things for what God would have us do? Are we going to use our influence with each other to fight about things in the community that we think should or shouldn't happen? You see, as we come back together, what I've been wrestling with is, what is that first message as we come back together? And, and God led me to the book of, of Ecclesiastes as I was reading through things. And I think the question was a simple one to us. It's not extremely theological. It's a common sense question. And the question is this. Let's just take Santa Claus United Methodist Church. The basic tools that we've always had are still here. We're a church that's dedicated to our children. We're a church that is dedicated to the well-being of the family units. That means that we care about from the very oldest in our midst to the very youngest in our midst. We're a church that cares about our community. How do we interrelate? How do we fit in with the community? How do we find out what the community needs? And how do we make that a part of what we are doing? Those things haven't changed, at least not in the seven years that I've been here. And as I look back at your old records and from the oldest members of the church, I talked to you about what was important to you 40 years ago. It's the same things that are important to you now. We are still very focused on what does it mean to be inviting? What does it mean for us to grow in our faith? What does it mean for us to be of service to God and and to our fellow man? The basic tools, the basic ideas of what we are about haven't changed. Our technology is better. Thanks to the pandemic, it's even better. But the question still has to be asked. What do we want to do with all of that? What do we want to do with all of that? And I think that question begins individually and then we have corporate conversations as we come out of this. Because brothers and sisters, we know coming out of this, it doesn't look like what it looked like before. If nothing else, we worship now at 9 o'clock rather than 8 o'clock in this service. If nothing else, we had three services going into it and we come out of it with two. If nothing else, in the last two years, God has gifted us with young people that are hungry and ready to lead and worship and live out their faith in dynamic ways. That hasn't changed 
But what has changed is the way those things all are a part of what we do. It's an exciting time, and i got to be honest. As, as I come back out of this, as we come back out of this in the church, I'm not interested in Facebook just being a tool that, that destroys each other. I'm interested in seeing the people from the Santa Claus United Methodist Church using Facebook as a way to encourage each other, using Twitter as a way to encourage each other. I'm interested in the church here at Santa Claus United Methodist Church rather than always finding uh, ways uh, in, in community when our community is finding ways to disagree and argue with each other about what can't happen. I'm interested in us being the place that has ideas for what can happen even if we disagree about how to get there. I am happy. I am excited to be at Santa Claus United Methodist Church. As we think about what the future of the United Methodist Church looks like, not being a church that's going to stand against something, but being a church that's going to find what we stand for and living out what we believe God has called us to do. The Tower of Babel, the pandemic. Things that happen to us in life that give us the opportunity to focus on what God is calling us to do with what He's given us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, in this first Sunday back, Lord, put in our hearts that desire to just think about the potential that you have given us to just think about Lord what it is you would have us to do with these great and beautiful gifts that you've given us as a church as families as a community of Santa Claus the beautiful gifts of the industry that is around us that employs us the beautiful gift of of holiday world in our midst the beautiful gift of vision that always is looking for Santa Claus to be a better place, for Spencer County to be a better place, for those cities and towns that surround us to be better places, better places for you. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts individually and speak to us as a church. Speak to us as a community. And teach us, Lord, to be voices that on the other side of this pandemic are voices of encouragement voices of hope as your word says a light in the midst of darkness these things I pray in your name and amen please stand I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you that the Lord would make his face to shine upon you and that the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you giving you peace I've been waiting to hear this. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Go in peace. God bless.